Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today, we have Brian Sigmund and Nate Hirschberg with Flip to Quit. And they flew in from Charleston, South Carolina to talk about how they went from 250000 in 2018 to two and a quarter million in 2021. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, sales trainer for some of the top wholesalers in the country, and I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires. The question I get all the time is how to become one of the 100 millionaires, and the information on this podcast alone is enough to help you become a millionaire in the next five to seven years. If you'll take consistent action, you will become one. If you want to get there a little bit faster, send me a message on Instagram, and we'll see if we can help you. And the show is brought to you by InvestorLift. So if you want to get access to over 2 million cash buyers across the country, be sure to put in disruptors to get 10% off. And if you get value today, please tag it from below. Share this episode right now. That way we can all grow together. And this is a live show, so please ask your questions for Nate and Brian to answer. You ready? Let's do it. Yeah, that's All right. Oh, it's my pleasure. So first question is, what got you guys into real estate? Oh, dude. Um, <laughs> so, like, for me, I was always, uh, I, I grew up in a small town. I was I was working on a farm and uh, and just had a 300-acre cattle farm. I didn't know anything about real estate, anything like that. And I went into the military. Where was this? That was in Virginia. Okay. Yeah, so I found out very quickly farming is not what I wanted to do, right? Um, but then so I left for the military, served, came back. Still was like, yeah, there's something more. So I moved to Miami, Florida. Went from a two a two stoplight town in Virginia to Miami, Florida, and it was just like total culture shock. A little different speed. Just a, <laughs> just a, just a tidbit. Um, but I saw the amount of immense opportunity. I'm like, holy crap, this is tangible. I can get it. And uh, then ended up doing some sales jobs. Um, got in the fitness industry. And then was um, doing some sales for Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street. So that was pretty cool. Not like penny stocks. Anybody watch that and rip anybody off. Uh, You're the one that was like beating the guy down in, the, in, his, in his kitchen. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't <laughs> sign now. I rip anybody off, but it was uh, it was more along the lines of selling uh, selling sales training platforms Got to it. companies. Got it. And w- a couple of the companies were real estate specific. And I had always been interested in flipping homes. I was just like, eh, you know, it's, it's just something I can't really do right now. I don't have the means to. And I remember I connected with somebody who said, hey, man, why don't you wholesale? I'm like, well, what is that? And I went home and I Googled wholesaling, went on YouTube. I think it was like Chris Crowe video or something. I'm like, this is it. This is a ticket. Mm-hmm. And uh, ended up trying to wholesale in Miami. was so naive, didn't know. Anything I was just calling for sale by owner leagues, thinking I was the only one calling those leagues, and uh, was still able to get two deals yeah. out of that. So this is when you guys started working together in 2018, or is it before that? This is before this, yeah. This so was when was this? 2016, 2017. Yeah, gotcha. And I've heard it's really interesting the the title situations you ran into in Miami. Uh yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's rather rather interesting, and dude, it's a it's a cutthroat area down there yeah it is i'd have people uh, well they make like t- television shows about it <laughs> yeah just, just a little bit right yeah but like with the wholesaling world it's like you know i'd sign a contract with somebody and i'd put it out on the world wide web for everybody to bid on i'd have people go there and say hey knock on the seller's door i'll mm-hmm. give you five grand more if you sign it right now snake the deal snake right. the deal yeah. but uh learned a lot of valuable mistakes and then moved to charleston that's where he and i paired up all right. So yeah. how about you? How'd you get into real estate? So that's, I don't know. That's, that's, I'll give you, I'll try to keep it like two minutes. Long, long story short, I wanted to change my net worth, but, um, basically I had an e-commerce business in Amazon. This is like before the automated stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, 
I would sell anything. My my primary products were like knockoff cars against humanity. Like I'd go on Reddit and like just just take people's uh what card ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have them printed in China and sell those. Um, I got a nasty letter from a New York attorney, yeah. uh, based on like, you know, on behalf of cars against humanity. But I, I, then I was making, I was, I had a like warehouse space in Ladson, South Carolina, and I was making kombucha, like, com- like big vats of it. And I was, uh, it was like Q3 of 2017, Q3, Q4. And I was listening to bigger pockets. I'm like, this is how I'm going to change my net worth, you know? Yeah. And, um, I was on a, I was on a kickball team and this, uh, girl's brother was a wholesale in the area. And then she was like, Hey, you should, you should meet my brother. Um, and then he was like, dude, just send out a mailing, send out a mailing, send out a mailing list. It flopped, no leads, no calls, then started texting. And this is like back in the day where you could send short codes, mm-hmm. like 16,000 at a time. Yep. And, um, one guy was like, yeah, I'll sell you my house. Wholesaled it, 4526 Piggly Wiggly Drive, Charleston, South Carolina, and uh, made 8K on it. And, you know, the attorney handed me the check in the room. I couldn't believe it. And then this other guy was like, I'll sell you my house. It's like, okay, what do you want for it? He's like, well, what I what I owe for it? And it was 102.5. And I didn't even know anything about comping or anything. The house to the right and left sold for 80. So mm-hmm. I was like, somehow put the pieces together to get hard money. And that was 2018. Yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to see what we have now. Like even looking back and getting the Facebook notifications of two years ago and seeing the flips I was doing and how I was doing them and the contractors we were using and how we were marketing, um, it's wild. Yeah. Oh, and I, I haven't uh, shared with you guys. The reason why we're back into Lister Pros, our old studio, is we're actually under construction. So when you come back in 2022, you're going to see a whole new podcast studio. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, so back to you, Nate, you worked with Jordan's company. So I actually had a chance to meet with him at his house, nice. uh, a few months ago. I saw that in Beverly or you were in Miami? Beverly, Beverly Hills. Yeah, it was yeah. an incredible experience. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious the skills you learn. Mm-hmm. I imagine he's teaching you the sales skills that you're selling yeah. to other people. That's right. How has that translated to your business? I think it, I think it gave me an amazing foundation to build upon because mm-hmm. a lot of what we do is, is phone sales. Right. Um, and I think that accelerated my, my growth. And I kind of joke, right. I said, I didn't even know that anybody else was calling for sale by owner leagues mm-hmm. in Miami, Florida, one of the most cutthroat markets. And I was still able to get deals there. Yeah. And I think a lot of that success over the phone, um, and getting those good rips of profit margins contracting over the phone comes from, the skills that I had learned from Jordan um, in his program, the straight line training program. Yeah. And then what compelled you guys to partner up? So funny enough, I moved from Miami to Charleston and I was like, you know what? I don't know the market. I have no idea what the market is like here. Um, I don't know anybody. And um, I I know there's a lot of differences between Miami and, and Charleston. So I had went to a Keller Williams office and was working in the retail realm and was so working. So you became on, a licensed realtor. I did. Yeah. Okay. Still am. And I was like, yeah, this is still not really for me. So I was always in, for the investment arena. And then literally one day I had followed all the Facebook groups of the investors mm-hmm. in the area. And I saw that he had posted that he was looking for an acquisitions manager. Got it. And I was like, well, I know I can contract deals 
And I had seen his name come up a couple times on, on doing deals. I was like, seems like he knows something I don't when it comes to marketing. I was like, you know what? Let's, let's swing a bat here and mm-hmm. see. Basically, it's like, if I don't perform whatever, if I do perform, let's, let's figure it out. Yeah. And then, um, after kind of the introductory period where we got a good amount of deals on a contract in a short amount of time, we're like, well, how do we keep doing this together instead of dividing and conquering and decided to kind of join forces and become partners at that point. So were you basically outsourcing leads to Nate or what was that arrangement? No, no. So, I mean, Charleston's small. Like yeah. Charleston proper. Have you, have you seen Charleston? Uh, not on a map, like on, no. Like on a map, it's a peninsula. Like mm-hmm. Charleston, Charleston proper, like it's a panhandle of Florida basically, but it's just, just, Peninsula, like Charleston proper is maybe a hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm. Greater area is probably four hundred, half a million. Um, but I no, I posted on the real estate group. I was like, hey, looking for an acquisitions person if you have any experience. And you know, like that group isn't that big. I think it's uh, seven thousand people. Yeah. yeah. And it's a major one. It's a it's a most visited one in Charleston, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's small. Maybe it's maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, but maybe at that right. time it was like seven thousand. And, um, I just posted in there and he was, he was obviously lurking in there. Like I'd never <laughs> seen him before. I'm like, he's like, yeah, I, I, uh, I have some experience. And I didn't know. I, I had no idea. It was solo, solo at that point. So we met up, there's this restaurant called home team, home team barbecue, grabbed a beer there. I can't, I didn't even have a CRM. I come up with a spiral notebook with all the deals scribbled out on it. He's like, what the heck is like, what's going on? And then, um, I was like, okay. It was right around this time. Like it was right around the holidays. Mm. And then I went to, I was, in, I went to Europe, went to Ireland. My mom's Irish. I came back and we started like middle of January and we, he just came over to the house. I was living in a house with five guys. <laughs> I live on my own now, but I was like, just, just making ends meet basically. And he comes over, we're making sales calls. I'm like, okay, this guy obviously knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It lasted all about two hours and he just went off and got I think nine deals in 90 days or something like that yeah it was like enough to be like okay like this is crazy now you know? yeah we should work together <laughs> yeah we should work together. you're good at this like, yeah. we should work together yeah so that like that was January mm-hmm. and then June was the legacy family team like that mastermind got it okay that, that's so you know, maybe getting ahead of the self but that so you guys were working together for a few months this is 2020 yeah mm-hmm. right? January 2020 Okay, so then let's take a step back here because okay. someone doing, you know, 250 in 2018. So yeah. were you guys partnered in 2018 or no? No, no, it's just, it's just me in 2018. Okay. And then, you know, did less than 10 flips. And then 2019, like got relationships with hard money lenders, got like a few little systems. Mm-hmm. I went to, um, investor fuel in late 2019 and I was like, okay, this is, there's another world out there than sending text messages out of short codes. Yeah. And a little uh, eye opening joining a mastermind. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't know, especially being in Charleston. Like I, I didn't even have a Facebook for like 10 years. So I was like, like insecure about just who I was, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, y- you get, there's a bigger world out there, especially when you go into masterminds, you're like, Oh, there's a bigger world of people doing this specific niche thing at a mm-hmm. way higher level. Um, and then yeah, 2020 is when we linked up and then 2020, when we just started doing masterminds and then it, yeah it, you know it's just the rest so what were some of the challenges when you guys first partnered up i mean it sounds like you guys just got together and everything was easy um i mean is that is that how no, it was no i mean i guess the biggest thing was like we were using like sketchy contractors and uh i don't i don't there's never oh sorry the biggest 
I don't know. As far as like, one challenge, you know, like, I, I know like partnerships can often be tricky, mm-hmm. right? But we really haven't been in any disagreements that have escalated to anything or, or it hasn't been something that we could easily handle. Our yeah. biggest challenge is like he was saying is, is vendors, contractors, yeah. finding out consistent marketing tactics that work for us to have sustainable operation and not these like massive months. And then you're like, dang, I got nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I got yeah. nothing. So that was, that was probably our biggest struggle. Tapping out hard money lenders. Yeah. Capital constraints. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, so you're saying masterminds kind of open up your eyes yeah. to what's available out there. So mm-hmm. what, were, what are some of the big jumps and leaps that you made after, you know, joining a mastermind? I, well, I think, I don't know. You, you don't really want to invest for a new person starting, like spending over 20 K in a mastermind. You're like, what? Like, it's so vague. Like all the masterminds are out there. It's just like, all I know is I want to be around these group of people mm-hmm. and I'm, I'll pay the money to do it. Right. Yep. And I think people don't realize that, like, what do I get? What do I get? Like, how, it's not like, I, I don't know. It's just, after doing that, it's like, oh, this is now it's like, we'll, we'll do sub two. Like now it's like, <laughs> we've probably spent over hundred K this year on, on masterminds between the right. two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and. But what was the, like the biggest thing? Like after you, you know, you, you guys joined investor fuel. So no, I just did a million dollar meeting with investor fuel, but I was like, this okay. is out there. Okay. And then that was in, that was in the fall of 2019. And then 2020, we worked together for maybe six months and then June, I remember it specifically because I moved to, now I live in DC, I moved there June 14th of 2020. Uh, but Tim Bratz was like, hey, I'm going to make a million dollars in a month. I'm doing this mastermind. And we joined it. And then it was just being in a room where people are doing like 10 times what you're doing. And everyone's so humble. Like no one, like they know, they've been around the block a couple of times. Like if you're a dick or you're like arrogant, like who wants to work with you, you know? Right. Um, so it's just extremely humbling. And it's just mm-hmm. like, we need to go way harder. We, you know, we did commercial deals after that as well, but, um, but there was something because you guys are doing single family, right? Yeah. When you guys first partnered up mm-hmm. and within like nine, six, nine months, you guys transitioned away from single family. No, we, we just did one deal, one yeah. 40 unit that my partner bought us out and I put that money into crypto, but, but we, had, uh, we had 68, we had 68 units under contract in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So it was like a stint where we we're like, this is awesome. This is what we want to do. It's 40 units that yeah. we ended up closing on 68 that went under contract that we never executed on. Mm-hmm. But like, I think one of the biggest things about the mastermind this kind of really backtracking is it really shaped what we do now because we're talking to people that are doing 100, 200, even 250 flips a year. And I'm like, how are you doing this? How do you have the time to do it? They're like, well, run me through your day. And this is a really powerful conversation I have with a gentleman. He's like, yeah, everything you're doing is a $4 an hour task. That's how you don't have any time. Mm -hmm. You need to outsource these tasks. And then you're going to have time for revenue generating activities. And that was like a light bulb went off. It's like, it seems so simple to hear it from somebody. Right. But when you're in the trenches, you're like, I have to be in control of everything. I have to be the one executing these documents. It's hard to see, I think. And then did you do, did you join Tim's mastermind first or Mark Evans first? Tim's. Tim's. Yeah. Okay. So, so Tim's and then Mark's and then I'm in Arte Syndicate. So yeah. how did you originally connect with Tim? Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. And then you see him, you've followed him. He posts like, Hey, I'm doing this thing. Would you be interested? And you go through that whole yeah, he is like, he had, so I, so he moved to Charleston. He's from Cleveland, Ohio, mm-hmm. and then he moved to Charleston. 
and uh, he went to an event, and I was like standing behind him. I was sitting behind him, and I was like scared to say hi to him. Like this He's is like the nicest guy. Yeah, he is. It, yeah. it was just an awkward room. Like you know, the, you've been in those rooms where everyone's sitting down, no one's talking, everyone's on their phone. And you're like, I'm like, that's Tim. You know, mm-hmm. and at that point, I was like, that's Tim. Um, and then I I had reached out to him prior to meeting him, prior to me seeing him, and he was like, uh, he just kind of blew me off or whatever. Like I, I get it, you're busy, and he's like, is you know, it's Tim and. Um, I reached out to him and then he's like, yeah, let's hop on the, let's hop on the phone. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, yeah, you need to be doing a million dollars in revenue. Um, you just need to be a fun person. And like, there's another thing. And then we, we like talked for like maybe 15 minutes. I sent him the wire and then like that was maybe in April. And then in June was the first event at his, his beach house. And it Got was it. like, I mean, there's, you know, the Butler brothers, he had Sean Roke in here. They, you know, they in their early thirties had a $4 million exit in a roofing business. You got, uh, Tiffany, I, who, who's a big deal. She's out here. She's, she's been here. Uh, Chris Kelly has done a ton of flips, like kills mm-hmm. a PPC game. Um, a bunch of entrepreneurs in the room. You're like, okay, this is like, I remember being scared to speak and like say what we were doing. Like, is that humbling? And yeah, just. It, like it just makes you think bigger. I, I don't right. You you want to fit into that room, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, it forces you to, to, to step up. Yes. Yeah. So what were some of the tactical things you did? Like, you know, you go in here learning from these guys, but, you know, learning is not enough. You wouldn't be successful. Mm-hmm. You guys were only learning. What yeah. were the things you were applying from 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 learning in, in Tim's mastermind? It's, it's hard to pick just a few because, mm-hmm. again, it really, really shaped our business. One of the first things that we did, though, was we stopped doing in-person seller appointments. Yeah. And um, that opened up a lot of time because I was spending two, three, four hours a day going to these folks' homes to potentially get an offer, uh-huh. uh, a contract or not. And it was just like, can we do this virtually? I, I guess we can. But really then COVID forced us to do that. Yeah. And um, it, we found out that we didn't take any dip in our business. It actually accelerated it because I wasn't spending those hours going to and from the appointments. Mm-hmm. We were able to then take that time and double down on acquisitions. Yeah, we just went hard. Like yeah. it just forced us to to double down on what we were doing. Yeah, and also yeah. got smarter too. Like we were just spending buku's amounts of dollars in marketing undirected. Mm-hmm. Had no idea who were we were targeting, why we were targeting them, uh, and what the purpose was. And that became much more refined um, of who our avatar was as far as the, the ideal motivated seller mm-hmm. that we were going to target. Got it. And it, and it like, once you invest that much money into yourself, you're like, Oh, this person is doing a $2,500 mastermind. Let's go. Let's do that. Like, oh, right, yeah. And like, you just get, you just pick up bits and pieces along the way. You mm-hmm. know, it could be a little like our V our cold caller started making offers. You know, I don't even know where we got that from, but like that was huge, you know, putting the CRM and that was, that was huge. We, we didn't have a CRM before that event. So good old Google spreadsheets. It's just, yeah. It's just like, it's just like you just pick up little pieces and then it just compounds with all the other stuff you're doing. So, right. So you're the sales guy. So usually the sales guy is the one that's like the dreamer. Not as great at executing. I'm not saying that's necessarily <laughs> the case here. I'm saying generally yeah, speaking. Yeah. So who's the visionary, who's the integrator, or do you guys both share both responsibilities? It's very interesting dynamic um, because while I might straddle a little bit on the sales side, um, I also really enjoy putting operational procedures together and mm-hmm. seeing systems improving. 
Whereas he will be able to look at a spreadsheet and look at data. And he's like, oh, this is amazing, right? And I'm looking at him like, I guess so. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know. So definitely the more analytical side. And then I would say I'm definitely the more operational structure side, but it balances it out. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's important to have in a partnership. Um, otherwise, you always have to be looking for someone to hire to balance that out. You know? Right. Uh, so you guys are learning these processes. Right, you go into like you know Tim's mastermind. What was the next evolution or next step in your journey? You say commercial. Yeah, I say commercial. Yeah. Commercial. We started in commercial. We acquired a forty unit for one point seven in Texas, in Houston, Texas. But you say commercial. You mean like more like multifamily? We're talking a about a forty unit, forty unit apartment property in 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 Texas. But like I, I mean, <laughs> it didn't work out well. Mm-hmm. It was like quickly scrapped. But why? Um, it's really hard to manage a property out of state and we're, you know, you find out when you peel back curtains on like heavy operators that are managing properties out of state, that's like, it's not what it seems, you know, it's not, it's not all roses when you're managing properties out of state. Like it just, especially properties that you can get now for a discount. Mm -hmm. Like that was as is like 2.22 or three and we got for Mm 1.7. So there's a nice spread there. Um, but it's just, you know, it's just difficult. I mean, it, for, for us, we did, I mean, what was difficult about it? Property managers, managing the property, managing the tenants. If you don't have a, if you don't have a backend team with the infrastructure, I mean, notoriously, you get a big target on your back as an out of state investor. Um, they're like, okay, well, you know, they're not on the property every day. And, and we would make site visits. Like he went down yeah. there a handful of times. I actually went, they didn't, they didn't know me. Um, so I went and actually applied for rent. <laughs> and, and, like, and uh, you were the secret shopper. I did the secret shopper route. Yeah, applied for rent and then uh, and then walked the properties. But um, it was it was difficult for sure. I don't I don't I wouldn't say I would for any of the viewers watching. I would let it deter you right, yeah. from from doing that. Yeah. Just know that you make sure you have your your eyes dotted, your T's crossed before you get the property management uh, in place. We would certainly invest in a deal managed by someone with boots on the ground that's like local and, and, yeah. and we're out of state in it mm-hmm. i mean that's the depreciation the pay down like it that that's definitely the route to go multifamily. um when you have all this active income from flips and wholetails and all this but like being the operator of that is not something either of us want to do mm-hmm. and right. that was very apparent um but you have to do things to realize that you don't want to do them right right and that's that was the silver lining in that is like okay, we're not, we're going to double down on single family even more and not be calling these people in like all these flyover states, you know? Yeah. So, so you did, I mean, you said you scraped, you scraped it. So like what, what you guys exited it with like break even? What did you So I put in 57, we put in 57 K mm-hmm. and then my buddy who had 210 K and shout out Michael Burns. Um, he was like, dude, like I've, I've got a lot in this. And then their other partner in it was the, sponsored it and had the like the bank the bank connection he's like let's just i'll buy you out for 100k so so 43k but i mean it's it was whatever because you know that's beside the point it was like bittersweet because it was like we thought we were going to go in this realm of like mm-hmm. operators with several hundred units and it was mm-hmm. like hey man here's 100k <laughs> thanks for your time All right so do right. they still own it yeah they do. Yeah. yeah it was also right at the time that our education and joint ventureship stuff started to really ramp up. Mm-hmm. So time allocation wise, it was just like always being put on the back burner. Right. Yeah. Multifamily was. It was not a priority. Yeah. So, so and then you guys had another opportunity for multifamily and you're saying you guys 
yeah. started it, but yeah, yeah we actually on it. lost like thirty six k in earnest money on that. That sucked. Yeah, so let's talk about it because I think it's something that <laughs> I don't want to talk about. Your trauma is a traumatizing time, dude. Yeah, but this yeah, is like where people get though. to learn, right? That's, like oh, yeah, we're always yeah. talking about successes. Yeah, it's not enough, you know, talks of like lessons learned. Yeah, it was a, it was a real. It was so fun. It's I remember in Radcliffe, Kentucky. He he called me. He's like, hey, we have this lead. Sellers got somebody coming on a Friday. Yeah. That wants to put a contract in on, they're going to do a 1031 exchange. This is a Tuesday. Yeah. And this is about eight o'clock at night that he called yeah. me. And he's like, what if we go there tomorrow and we go and do the site visit and we put a contract out? I'm like, okay, that's cool. So I start immediately packing my bags. I hop in the car at like three 30 the yeah, next morning drives. and drive there. And he flies there. We go there the next day. Seller probably thinks we're crazy. Yeah. And then we're negotiating the contract at 10 PM that night in the hotel lobby of where we're staying and then right. leaving there with a ratified purchase agreement. Yeah. So it started off really accelerated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great start. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was actually, it was actually probably a better deal because it was 68 one bedroom units in like, it was right outside Fort Bragg, Fort, Fort Knox, Fort Knox yeah. in Radcliffe, Kentucky. And like it would have worked. Um, and basically, so I put down 1%, which was 18K. We got it under contract for like 1.8. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's another capital group. I won't even mention them, but basically it was a broker that just put me through the ringer. Like mm-hmm. he, he promised, he over-delivered basically. And like I put down another 18K to get them to underwrite it. And like it was all ready to go. And it was like all I had liquid at that time, which was like, I don't know, quarter, like 240 or something. And then I was like, I don't want to compound this 40 unit issue that's happening compound it to 68 and then um i just backed out and lost 40 36 grand yeah it was, so it was potentially a good deal it, it it was a good deal in the sense where it needed to there is sweat equity in there like sure. it was a good deal if you were willing if you were willing to do that when we were out of state and this this problem in texas was happening so we're like I don't know. There's other opportunities that I want that we wanted to focus on, mm-hmm. and like that's that's I just yeah. Well, that's the reason why I'm asking this is that yeah. there is a due diligence element, yeah, right? 100%. Exactly. And fact, so there were some underlying things too. There were some like concerns of foundation issues and retaining wall issues that were going to be larger, larger ticket items. Yeah. Well, yeah. but like a lot of people think, oh, I'm just gonna do single family until I do multifamily. Yeah. Right. And I think that's a great idea if yeah. that's the direction you want to go. But it's not like it's just like this simple, oh, I'm going to upgrade no, and no, I'm going to go. Yeah. <laughs> there's, no. there's a giant learning curve, which yeah. you guys realize. 100%. Yeah. 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 And I mean, we, we, we're just now building a rental portfolio now. Um, we just worked out the details this mm-hmm. morning, actually, mm-hmm. um, with a really good operator in Columbia, partner John Evans. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just, again, you have to do what you don't you have to do something realize you don't want to do it and then know when to to not do it anymore or yeah. like just realign and like focus with great operators but we don't want to be operators of multifamily assets because they're all c-class assets too it's not like these are glamorous places you know? yeah so all right so you you know you you, you brush it off brush right it off, like this yeah. multifamily thing okay this isn't for us yeah, yeah. what happens after that so uh, around the same time we had been posting um, kind of what we were doing with no real direct we, intent. By the either. way, we never stopped single family. We never stopped yeah. doing single family flips and hotels whole, whole yeah. this whole time. We, st- we still had our own operation. We just, um, part of the mastermind uh-huh. was a Facebook live challenge every day for yeah. 30 days. 
And we just kept doing that. And what happened was, is we had no intent. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't have anything to sell. We didn't have any product to offer. We were simply just sharing what we were doing. And it, it really got a lot of eyeballs on us. And then all of a sudden, one day people were on, in our inboxes every day. Hey, do you have a coaching program? Do you have a joint venture program? How do you teach people how to do this? Mm-hmm. So basically out of demand, we said, hey, we're going to start uh, kind of a coaching slash JV program. Um, and we had made that announcement. So that's what really catapulted after that was well, he, that whole side. He, he of filmed business. a video of him on a beach in the Caribbean. In St. Martin. In St. Martin. We yeah. were closing a deal in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I live in Washington, D.C. He's in St. Martin. <laughs> and uh, it did really well, in- engagement-wise. Well, naturally. naturally. Naturally, right? Yeah. 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 So, all right. So then you guys are um, still doing single family. So then, Still doing single family, yeah. And you have this joint venture uh, yeah. program. So what is that program? So essentially, it's folks that... Um, there's it's interesting. There's a couple of different people in there. It, we have people that have never done a deal before. Couldn't even tell you how to do a flip from people that are doing, you know, they could do on their own 10 to 12 deals a year very easily, but they partner with us and we take care of uh, heading up their marketing, making sure that their data is dialed in, putting together cold calling platforms. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't stop there. It's more continual advisory through the process we even hop on phone calls with the folks to make sure that we can lock up the deals at a good price. We're helping on the disposition side. Just today, we actually closed together with one of our partners, Tina in Florida, mm-hmm. on two deals in Florida. So sometimes we're actually invested into the deals as yeah. well. And uh, we meet two times a week and just make sure that everyone is getting their goals. And we have uh, we have folks in there with a variety of goals. One one gentleman, John Evans, he shout out John. He he uh he has a million dollar goal and he's on track to do that. Yeah. We have other folks that um they say, hey, I want to do six to twelve deals a year, and that's fine because we cater the cater to the individual. Mm-hmm. So you guys have a custom plan for everyone that you yeah. with. That's right. Yeah. Exclusive yeah. market custom plan. So now that so it went from three initially, now it's up to eight. Nine. Nine. Yeah. yeah. With 11 people on a waiting list. And then we, we added a liaison now that's starting the first of the year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, you know, I, I traveled here with the documents that need to be notarized. So I didn't get them until 9 p.m. Whatever. What even yeah. day is it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it Wednesday? I tra- I got the documents late uh, Monday night, traveled with them, had to get no- notarized on t- in Tempe. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, of course, they send a, FedEx shipping label. They don't have notaries there, but yeah, I mean, you know, we have, we have Tina in South Florida. We have John in Columbia, South Carolina. We've got people, Vincent brothers in, in Cleveland, um, people Oklahoma in city. Oklahoma city. And, um, and we're still doing our own deals too. Right. So, right. you know, conservative. So everyone has, you know, everyone spends about two to three K on marketing a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and the three that have been with us six months are all over a hundred K in revenue. John's, I think is pushing, 300k not 300 yeah but um yeah i mean it's it's great because it allows us to scale uh get a back-end portion of their deal it allows them to scale which you know they some people have never done a deal before or they're just completely confused of how to even structure a purchase agreement which mm-hmm. is fine uh that's why we're there and conservatively i mean if if each of them do one deal let's say we grow it to 12 if each of them do one deal a month i mean it's 140 deals a year. You know? Right. What, um, it sounds like, um, anybody that's interested in joint venture 
is someone that you may be interested in. You know, you have the wait list and everything. That's right. Are you are you working with people that have never done a deal before? We will. Yeah. Okay, Assuming so, that they're ready, willing, and able to so do So how do you stores. define that? Because that's one of the greatest challenges where people reach out all the time. Like, I want to get started. I want to get started. It's like, for me, I've always just told them to start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so how to, do you deal with that? Weed out. I don't want to call them tire kickers, mm -hmm. but uh, to weed out the people that we know are going to be really good operators and very take it seriously is we do charge an upfront fee. Mm -hmm. So that way they're invested, they have skin in the game and they're like, okay, how do we get deals? So I can get my, my, uh, capital back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but then mutually we're aligned with best interest too, because it's yeah. not just an upfront fee. There's a deal split as well, which by the way, a line share that goes to the operator. Mm -hmm. We take a very small advisory share on the back because we want to make sure they are very successful. Yeah. So I can say uh, between that and also we do a lot of interviews. Uh, we we meet with the individual. It's not so like screening a, them. Yeah, yeah, we're not like here's a payment link, Steve. You know, <laughs> fill it out. And uh, when the wire hits, we're good. Yeah. We very we we do have a waiting list for a reason. It's not like a marketing ploy. We want to make sure that we can onboard this new operations manager and make sure they have a lot of support. And then when we do bring new people on, we're only going to take on three new people at a time to yeah. make sure they're very successful. Sounds kind of similar to what I had talked to Matt Larson about some time ago. Uh, it's, 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 it's nationwide virtual wholesaling. <laughs> yeah, it's some similarities, I would say. <laughs> Shout out, Matt Larson. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So then this is what helped you guys scale to this year over a couple million. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so... What were some, because this is not something that um, is exclusive, right? Like you guys didn't invent this. Yeah. Sure. So, go ahead. Sorry. A lot of that though is there's only been like three that have closed like this year. Mm -hmm. So that, that 2.2 is not with the startup fee. It's just our our operation mainly. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good point. Yeah. So um, then let's, let's start with you guys and we'll talk about the JB thing. So right now with you guys doing 2 million, I mean, that's not a small number. Yeah. So... What were some of the keys to help you guys hit two million for twenty twenty one? Um virtual. Virtual. Yeah. I mean, we expanded in Nashville. We did six deals in Nashville that we're doing the math on the way here. It was like well over four hundred grand in mm -hmm. six deals. Now some of that was open door <laughs> on, on a couple of them. Yeah. That probably paid more than they should have. Um but yeah, it's just I think going back and that's again, investing ourselves, we went to an event, Chris Kelly's event, we, we defined an avatar mm -hmm. and then we started looking at, uh, and, and we teach this, we started looking at zip codes based on, uh, days on market, median sales price and number of homes sold. Mm -hmm. And we just really focused on those areas and just cold call them to oblivion. Um, and just focused on not losing money on flips and focus on higher dollar flips. And um, when I say flips, these are mainly wholetails. Mm -hmm. uh, so that really helped the margin as well. Mm -hmm. As you prefer to exit strategies, wholetail. Yeah. Typically. Yeah. Yeah. That, we are, we are doing mean. a few flips uh, here and there, but I mean, they're so easy. Mm -hmm. You know, lipstick on a pig, move it out, and then, um, you know, leave it, let somebody else take it to the finish line. But yeah, virtual for sure. And then also getting smarter with our operations. Yeah. Of learning from mistakes and saying, hey, how can we put a policy or a structure in place to not do this again? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they're expensive lessons to learn. You yeah. don't want to repeat them over and over again. And that boosted our profitability per deal up. What are some of those expensive lessons that you learned? <laughs> Four point <laughs> inspections. Yeah. So uh, we used to we used to never even do inspections. Like I'd, I'd walk out, I'd look at the property, I'd meet with the seller. and eh, It looks OK. Yeah. Mm. 
And then, like, a few times of $37,000 foundation problems that yeah. come about, or we have to replace $6,500 worth of ductwork under the house. Um, those things start to sting pretty badly when you right. don't have them allocated. So, let's say for sure the, the inspection period and um, leveraging contacts in order to make sure that we can get accurate information, not just taking things at face value, mm-hmm. actually doing a heavier due diligence on the acquisitions part was probably really, really paramount. So I'm not losing money. We were talking about the humidity before the start of the show. Everything, because yeah. there's flood zones too in Charleston. So like everything's on crawl space. So it's really easy for, you know, crawl, you know, yeah, like, I know the cross spaces. We don't really have them here, but yeah, I know yeah, what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Well, out of Airbnb, we see every, all everyone's HVACs on the roof. The roof. We're mm-hmm. like, are people like stealing HVACs around here? Or I was like, oh no, everything's on slab. Yeah. Maybe it's a bit of both. I don't know. But the crawl spaces that can get expensive quick because you got wood rot. You know, wood rot that hits the piers is just, it's not cool. Also, another thing I would say is um, creating a disposition system. Mm-hmm. That you know what timelines are, you know what deadlines, you know what has been done and not been done. So that way you don't fumble closings, you don't yeah. miss documents, and then you you know either lose a deal because you go out of contract or or something happens like that. Yeah. So it's getting more organized. Um, so what were some of the biggest challenges going national? Um, well, because you went from not having CRM, yeah, to <laughs> doing auto four dollar an hour work to going national. Those are two. Yeah. Huge, you know, different, very, very different worlds. Jeez, I mean, I think recognizing the markets that yeah, it's the applicable in, um, like the first market that we did, it was funny. Is this we're like, let's go to Tampa, Florida. Oh yeah, and like one of the most competitive markets, right? Mm-hmm. And we go out there. That's I the mean, other guru mecca. Yeah, Phoenix yeah. and Tampa. <laughs> oh, we get our teeth kicked in. Like, yeah. yeah, nothing happens. We're like, well, this sucks. So, mm-hmm. but we didn't let it deter us. We picked a different market, and then yeah. we started getting some results from that but then it forced us to also get creative with well how do we gather this information i can't i can't just drive down the road like i can in charleston and put eyes on this property Mm -hmm. so then it forced us to get creative to then implement those virtual disposition and acquisition strategies that we now share with our partners and um and we have duplicated a couple times in different markets they work well yeah that's a that's definitely I don't know, these things seem common to us and maybe they are like, stop me if I stop me if I'm telling you anything you already know, but like going into Facebook groups in different markets and being like, Hey, is there any hungry young, uh, real estate investor friendly realtors out there? Mm-hmm. And then watch your inbox get inundated and the post get inundated. They'll like line up the cleaners for you. They'll take the pictures for you. Um, I was just on the phone with him. At the, at the He's like, hey, the closing's game move. They'll like handle the TC for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, this is all done for $1,500 a listing. It's not the 2.5%. It's a flat, flat fee. You know, we do, yeah. this, we do this in every market we enter. It's mm-hmm. like we, we, ha- we rely on them to comp too. Like we'll get a property and contract. We're like, hey, what do you think it's sell for? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's definitely a trick tip that, that if you're just getting into this, it's really really helped us yeah i mean i was that young hungry realtor when i started right like, uh, yeah yeah right 2007 they're like i'm writing i want to say like 80 offers a day you know for wholesalers mm-hmm. i didn't know what i was doing yeah yeah but volume game right i was trying to get started like sticks. and i was so excited like oh we got an offer accepted right yeah, yeah. i think they were more excited or they were <laughs> i was super excited initially and then you get to a point like okay this is this is dumb this is not a good use of my time but yeah. when you're starting i was that young yeah. realtor yeah it gets you going i mean the, you know whether people 
usually it's like bigger teams that have younger people on their team that'll reach out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's just a super efficient way of doing it, and they're like, they're like really helpful. And they, I mean, we got this guy three deals in Tennessee. Um, mm-hmm. it, was, it was three closings, and he listed all three of them. So that was forty hundred, forty five hundred dollars, and he's lining up like everything. Right, super great to work with. And guess what? We're gonna any other deal we get in Nashville, he's getting them. You know, right. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a supplement to what they're already doing, but it's just that's really helped too. Is relying on other people leveraging them and letting them not being like secret agents and letting them know, Hey, we're, we're investing in this area. Mm-hmm. We're getting deals in this area. Do you want to list them in return? Can you like really help us out with all these things? Yeah. So, um, again, you were, you were saying earlier, your predominant exit strategy is the hotel. Yeah. So are you guys dealing with a national lender? Um, how are you guys do- lining up the financing? So shout out rehab wallet, shout out coastal Equity group. Uh, they, our, and we GP on our JV partners deals too. Mm-hmm. And we put our own capital into it too. So let's take a step back and spot okay. GP is. <laughs> um, I don't even know. Guarantor. G- personal guarantor. Per- PG. Per- PG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's yeah. G- <laughs> It'd be personal guarantor. Well, um, but so they'll lend in most of the states that we're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they won't, as long as they can see volume, they'll yeah. lend there. Got but it. then another one that we'll use if, if we find a deal outside of those areas, we've used lending home before. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing is, is Kiavi now. Sorry, right? Kiavi now. Kiavi. Oh, they they rebranded. Yeah, that's very confusing. Well, we it is. Yeah, you know, our lenders. I mean, and I don't even know. We probably shouldn't say it on last national news, but I mean, like they were able to hold the back end of our payments to the VDC closing, so we're not getting mm-hmm. the interest isn't getting bled out when we have, you know, six to ten of these going on at a time. Right. Um, and in so we're talking about deferred payments. Mm-hmm. Deferred payments of the interest. Yeah. yeah. It's like lending. Well, I mean, but it's something that's important, right, for everyone that's listening. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. They get, they get, they, they, you can bleed out the, the money, right, if you're oh, not, super if you're making quick. that payment. And that's one of the reasons why so many flippers struggle is, like, they're making payments every single month. Yeah, so like, super quick. Revenue is coming in periodically, but output is going out every single month. Yeah. So, you know, for you guys watching, like, definitely having set up deferred payments yeah. makes life a lot easier. Oh, yeah, and it's not, life changing. And, and yeah. but, hey, that took, like, 10, you know, 10 deals with them or 20, maybe even more. Right. More. So they're, they're like, okay, this person pays on time and closes. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, they, we've never been de- defaulted on yet. Um, <laughs> 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 but, but no, seriously, I mean that, I mean, and we'll, we'll explain that to our JV, JV partners who are struggling. It's like, they're like, what? Like John the other day was like, what? You get, they defer payments to the end. We're like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I, I think there's a lot of things that you guys know, right? That you guys aren't uh, necessarily uh maybe forgotten yeah it was a discovery yeah no yeah, for, for i would sure. agree with that for, for sure. sure yeah okay so then one of the things you guys are talking about is you really focus on quality and not quantity yes yes Can you talk about that um i mean just doing you know in a market where you do i guess like 384k a close a close of 400k and six deals mm-hmm. why are we losing money on deals why are we why are we making 5k on a deal like mm-hmm. why like I don't know who made it cool to do a hundred deals in a year. <laughs> it is yeah. cool. Don't get me wrong. But like, what if you did 20 and they paid out twice what that a hundred paid out, right. you know, larger margins, larger margins, uh, less intensive work, less headache, more mm-hmm. peace of mind. Um, and you're not like consistently chasing deals, you know, like right. I have to hit this volume metric. It's like, no, I should hit this profitability. A, a big part of our stuff too is we have a lifestyle component to it as well where we have a particular lifestyle that we want to live and our, we want to see our partners live too. 
which is having an abundance of time, having an abundance of money, mm-hmm. um, and being able to do what you want when you want on your time and right. on your terms. So with that, it was a kind of a no-brainer for us. Like, all right, well, let's just do you know quality over that quantity piece. Yeah. And then you don't have those fires that erupt that take so much brain damage and mm-hmm. attention to deal with that problem um, of a $5,000 closing yeah. or something like that. So I think the mindset challenge, right, to go from quantity to quality is is, is a hurdle. But yep. once you overcome that hurdle, yep. is it not easier said than done? Like, how do you... How do you focus on quality? Because who doesn't want quality? You need, sure. you need. I think to answer that question, you need a little bit of capital to be like, like let me let, let me chill out on this like dog chase tail game mm-hmm. and like be like, okay, like so having reserves, <laughs> having reserves, yeah. yeah, to be like, okay, I, I have a step, I have a second to like make make things make sense mm-hmm. and like focus on a specific avatar and say no to deals that right. in the past you would have originally taken because. Yeah, yeah. Put food on the table. The funny thing is, too, if if you say no to a deal, um, sometimes that thing will come back around, mm-hmm. and then the quality of it has actually increased by right. a couple tenfold, mm-hmm. and now you you're in a much better position. So it's, it's again about being logical and not emotional. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, in this whole arena, it's a very easy industry to get emotional yeah. in. Well, to get caught up yeah. in the game and yeah. the chase and. I mean, what do you say to someone that's like, because we, we see this, you know, these guys that are flipping this many houses to keep their crew. Yeah. Right. And so for them, it's hard for them to say right. quality in that quantity because if they don't do enough flips, the crew leaves and it's really hard to attract good people. It's extremely difficult. So yeah. what do you say to that guy? You know, I think that comes back to your, your vision of what you want. If mm-hmm. you've built it up to that level where you have that abundance of crew, that abundance of, of um, deal flow, you probably didn't accidentally fall into that. And then if you ever want to step back, I would say fi- hire somebody that can keep that level of operation going. Mm-hmm. If you want to step right. back, that way your crew, your employees, your infrastructure doesn't suffer. But if you've gotten to that point, it probably hasn't happened by accident. You had, you had a very intentional mm-hmm. uh, purpose to get there. So, are you guys with doing fewer deals, paying a premium uh, on, on your contractors? So, uh, I would say not necessarily a premium. We still have we still have enough work to keep our crew busy, and our crew is relatively lean because a lot of what we do out of state um, is kind of again using real yeah. connections. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, who do you know that can do paint? And they're like, I got this guy that's in between jobs, and he can right. do this. Or we don't do anything to the mm-hmm. property and we sell it to an institutional buyer like Open Door yeah. um, or OfferPad. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think we've put more than 10K in any out-of-state flips, any mm-hmm. wholetails. Got it. It's always paint, a floor, patch, yeah. list it, trash it out, list it. Yeah. So obviously, you know, we're all well aware of like Zillow, you know, took a giant yeah. dump on itself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a... Uh, Turns out their algorithm isn't so hot. Huh? Yeah. So, any concerns with you guys' model, right? Going national and wholetailing and selling yeah. high buyers. They, they, I mean, they, they've we underwrite all our deals on 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 market comps, on mm-hmm. MLS comps. So, like, we don't underwrite our deals. As, we don't use them as an exit strategy to underwrite. Actually, the guys that uh, told us about the strategy, Kyle Jones and Jeffrey Johnson, at, at on a boat in Key West, at a, at the Mastermind, mm-hmm. right? Mastermind event, people knowing things. Um, 
they were doing like, cause <clears throat> you get fees as a realtor and they're, they, they, they're licensed realtors in mm-hmm. Atlanta. So they were getting like, they were doing 10 K deals with them. And then they're like, whoa, let's, uh, after the Zillow thing, they're like, let's stop doing these really tiny margin deals with iBuyers. Mm-hmm. But we always underwrote our deals on the MLS. So it, it's happened on this three package. It's happened probably four times where they're like, this is what you're getting. Then they get the, give us the final offer. And it's like 40, 50 K off it. Or like, where did they, where did this come from? They're, mm-hmm. they're like, we're a publicly traded company. We have to do everything above board. Um, we use the top line of contractors. Like, that's fine. We're going to list it on the market, mm-hmm. you know, and make mo- more than they were willing to pay. Mm-hmm. It. So you're hedging your bets by having it where if they don't perform on it, you can still yeah. list it on MLS. Yeah. That's just, it's just sweetness to the pot. If they buy it, cause their transactions take two weeks, mm-hmm. but we still underwrite with the MLS in mind. And we, we also underwrite based on, um, Hey, what is the absolute worst case scenario? We need to keep this as a rental. Yeah. And we're going through this right now. Like we'll, it's not about looking at, okay, this is a 30 grand rip on a flip. If everything goes right. Yeah. If it doesn't, we'll send cash flow. Yeah. Um, and we're going through that right now. We're actually getting a tenant placed. Hopefully fingers crossed today, tomorrow. Yeah. do a flip that just didn't go the way we thought as far as desirability. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to park a tenant in there and just keep it. Yeah. And that's another thing with the capital reserve is like, now we can look at things with a different lens. Right. Like cash out. need the revenue. Yeah. Yeah. Cash out refi. What's that? You know, um, that's, we underwrote a deal this morning. It was like, it's under ARV is 130 under contract for 80. Mm-hmm. And the lender's like, yeah, I could give you one on one for it. We were going to make, I don't know, 36 K on the flip. We're like, whoa, let's keep that mm-hmm. we'll cash flow 1200 a month on a payment of 700. Like, why not? Why not keep and then get twenty k on the refi? So right, but yeah. this is this. We're now just entering that part of our real estate entrepreneurial journey, I guess. Yeah. Right. Um, Everything else in the past, when it's like money in marketing, yeah, money right. in marketing. All right. So, uh, and then what are some of the biggest lessons you learned in, in scaling virtually? Or yeah. I'm sorry, not virtually with, with with the partners nationally. With the partners is, um, and we're kind of going through this right now is having infrastructure internally where he and I aren't bottlenecks. If we can't get back to the partners right away. And that's for, for that reason is why we were like, Hey, let's press pause. Sure. We have people who want to join. Let's press pause. Let's build out the infrastructure where people can have, you know, organizational procedures and policies that they can go to and figure out what to do without having to pick up the phone and call because mm-hmm. we don't, we want them to be super successful and us again, not be their own bottleneck yeah. there. So I, I say we're going through that right now, but then, you know, also just being, you know, being in the right markets. We've had partners that are like, I want to go into Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. And we're like, ah, I, I might not recommend that, but we'll try it. And then, and within two weeks, it was very clear. I, I, I mean, it's like anyone, it's capital, right? Mm-hmm. They're still using our lenders and helping us using our terms. But it's like, how are, like, how are you guys able to do this? Like, that was what I was doing. That was what, that was what we were doing two years ago. We were just making ends meet, you know? Um, and they're, you know, we're, we're signing on loans and like helping them with our terms. And, um, y- you know, they're, but they're getting, they're, they're in right now working with lenders that are making them pay monthly, right? Mm-hmm. And not, and not lending 100%. So it's like they're, they're bleeding right now. Um, but it's just part of the game. Right. So I think that is a challenge is the capital constraint. Like, let's go, let's keep going. But then we forget kind of like they're making all these payments monthly and, um, they don't have a bunch of deals going on yet. So 
Uh, you were saying Dallas. Let's maybe not go into Dallas. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably not. You know. Yeah. What's yeah. what's wrong with Dallas? Because there's a there's a lot of people in Dallas that are watching. So like, what's is there really? What's the deal with Dallas? So yeah. the deal with Dallas was there's nothing wrong with it. It's an amazing market. There's immense amount of opportunity, leads, and you know, fact is there's tons of jobs. And well, there's jobs, there's people, and there's affordable housing. Mm-hmm. However, these individuals wanted to keep their budget. And what we had said is, hey, let's, let's try $2,000 a month of marketing. Well, yeah, $2,000 a month is not going very it's far. It's not going to do anything in <laughs> Dallas, right? So that's where you have to recognize, yeah. if I want to go into these major metropolitan cities, I've just got to be willing to pay to play. Because it is a pay-to-play space. Yeah. 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 I mean, we know we know people that, we know a guy, because we, we have a deal room too, mm-hmm. like a subscription-based, we meet with them four times a month. But there's a guy, Big John, in there, He he's done... Um, Daisy chain, not Daisy changing, but there's a fire damaged property they made 50 grand on. It was from a wholesaler that was sent to him in Dallas, and he made 50k on. I don't know the exact mechanics of the deal, but there's there's people that make money and do deals in Dallas. We're not, right. yeah. we're not saying. But, well, no, I don't question that. The yeah. question is the like, you know, do you want to start in Dallas? Just right. like, do you know, do you want to start in Phoenix? Right. Right. Start in Tampa. Right. So, like there are maybe other markets. I would certainly first. find other markets. We yeah. circumvented him <laughs> to Oklahoma City. He's getting deals there. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So. um Let's see what other questions we have here. Guys, please uh, post your questions in here. So, uh, Johnny Cadena on YouTube, how do you sign up for the JV program? Good question. Uh, you can, great question. You can send in. What we've been doing so far is if you want to send an email with a quick synopsis of who you are, where you're located at, what your real estate goals are, and a bit about your background to uh, Nate at USTPropertiesLLC.com and Brian at USTPropertiesLLC.com. Yeah. We will uh, hop on a call with you and get you added to the waiting list and, and see if it's mutually a good fit. Or, yeah. or social media, any social media, yeah. uh, Nate Hirschberg, Brian Sigmund on Facebook. So Got it. And then uh, on YouTube, another question is, how do you go from broken humble to being rich and still humble? That's an interesting question. That is a really good question. Man, they're good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, for, for me, I think that um, you got to be in bigger rooms. Like there, mm-hmm. you gotta be in rooms where you're like, holy cow, that guy just exited a company for $6 million. Like what, what, what my 2 million in revenue, like mm-hmm. what, how can I even compete with that? You know? And it's yeah. like, there's always going to be someone bigger than you. So I think, I think you have to still be like proud of what you've accomplished, but mm-hmm. I think being in bigger rooms and like, you know, like there's this, there's more out there, you know? Um, yeah, I mean that's an amazing question. I would say it goes back to what your goal is to, of generating wealth. Yeah. If if you have the goal of generating wealth for your own self and you're not wanting to give back or anything like that, humbleness is going to fall off pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, really fast. Um, my goal is to give back in massive capacities and help out a lot of people along the way, and I can't do that unless I have wealth. No. How much trying to give back? As much as I can, oh. as much as I can. So, so I'm putting this out there. I'm speaking into existence. One of my goals here is I want to give a house away a year. Wow. Yeah. I want to give one house away a year to somebody in need. Um, I'm a veteran, so that kind of holds a place in my heart. But it doesn't have to be veterans. It could be somebody, you know, just somebody down on their luck. Um, but I'm a big believer, you know, even, even before we were making really good income, I always try to give 10%. Yeah. You know, because I think that if you're, I, I do believe if you don't do that 
when you really shouldn't or you really it's really hard to, you're definitely not going to do it when you can. Absolutely. You got you got 11 more days in the year or what? 16 more days in the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 sorry. Yeah, right. Um, no but I think you know to Brian's point though, um, I think the going to rooms where you're small. I I went to the IMN conference a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. And man, like I felt so freaking poor, right? These yeah. guys are talking about on stage, like, yeah, we're doing fifteen hundred houses a month. Yeah, you know, these are hedge funds, you know, yeah. backed by billions and billions of dollars with you know BlackRock and all this other stuff. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, man, like yeah. I am totally insignificant. This yeah. feels yeah. great. I yeah, feel yeah. Amazing. yeah, yeah. No one wants to be around someone that's a jerk anyway, too. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, and then Fort Smith on YouTube. Do you guys have any masterminds? <laughs> Fort Smith. He's one of my buddies. Uh, any, any any masterminds coming up? We do. So, um, actually, we part of our educational business is we partner with actually Fort um, mm-hmm. and some other really cool operators in the area. So, we're going to be hosting a three day mm-hmm. uh, exclusive retreat in Tulum, Mexico. We mm-hmm. rented a 13 bedroom, 15 bath house on the F- beach. 1,500 square foot pool. 1,500 square foot pool, private chef. <laughs> and we're going to be there for three days. And it's going to be awesome. We just high level network. It's a more of a laid back atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I always say it kind of embodies a little bit of high level networking, good relationship building mixed with a bit of fun as well. Yeah, so um, those are really hot spots. Really interesting. So many people like to go to April, April 13th through 16th, I believe it is. April 13th through 16th. Yeah. yeah, we have a couple spots left. I think we have five or six spots left. Yeah, yeah, really sweet. Um, all right. So, um, trying to think of some other questions. So, what is it that keeps you guys going? Because you guys seem to be, you know, hitting mm-hmm. a pretty good rhythm right now. Yeah, it's really easy to take your foot off the gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, to, to know what Nate said earlier, it's a lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's the middle of the week, we're in Arizona, and I don't even know what we're going to probably do a hike after this, but I don't, I don't know, yeah. see what we're in the mood for. It's good weather right now. It's great, well, weather. Yeah, it's great weather. I like to, you know, skydive. He likes to scuba dive. I like to scuba dive. You just got to go down to Eloy. I, that's where I went yesterday. They didn't let me jump ah. because I had, to, I had to rent their gear. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's like we, we were talking last night. He, he has six trips in 2022 and we're still in 2021 planned out you know and mm-hmm. it's just like it's a lifestyle piece um it's a jb piece um i don't you know it's there's no ceiling in, in entrepreneurship in general and then now we're getting into cash flow and, and passive uh, I, don't. I mean for me for me it was always like in the beginnings like i've got to hit this financial mark i gotta have and but now it's really shifted with our joint venture is like I want to see our partner, Sophia or Tina or Greg, hit these financial marks. Mm-hmm. And that's what really keeps me foot on the gas because I know if I'm pushing hard to get them the results that they're, they need, want, and deserve, it's only going to come back in tenfold, you know? Go yeah. Giver, if you haven't read that book, it's a great book. Yeah. It's a great book. Um, I actually had him, uh, he was on Pace's thing this past Sunday, right? Bob oh, Berg. Nice. He was on. Bob Berg, yeah. Yeah, he was on uh, the. Book club on, on Sunday morning, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's absolutely huge. The um, wanting to help others because that part you said, yeah, I want to hit a financial mark. We all, as part of our entrepreneurial journey, we do it for money initially, yeah, yeah. yeah. Initially. and then eventually that is no longer motivating. And purpose exactly. is what keeps us going. Yeah. Uh, what is your biggest struggle right now? Uh, my biggest struggle, man. That's a <laughs> right off the cuff question, man. Yeah, I would say that my biggest struggle right now. Um, 
is is literally just taking a step back and because we have we have a lot of people who want to come on this joint venture program and I, I again I want to lead I want to serve I want to help but I can't help anybody if we build this thing up and it falls flat on its face because mm-hmm. we didn't build out the infrastructure so it's about being patient I'm not the best of being patient being patient and uh, building out that infrastructure so that way we can help more people um, and just keeping that in mind that yeah we're doing it for the greater good it's not just you know, kicking the can down the road yeah that's that's a good answer I think like just making money you kind of now you have to learn how to keep it right mm-hmm. and that's something that we're both we're like you know talking to CPAs now that you know t- tax strategists and we're like okay we really shouldn't have flipped some of those duplexes you know yeah and it's uh kept a few kept, yeah. a, kept a few duplexes and um yeah i mean it's just learning how money works and how to defer taxes and how to put money into things and then borrow against it and like that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. like i think that coming year end it was a little late to, to it's to, not too late it's not too late better but, late than that but, right? but uh that was something in the new year that is not going to be a struggle or like yeah. less of a struggle you guys on the 280a calculations no. no all right um so you guys should definitely do that right you, 280a calculations yeah you should definitely you know be renting out your house okay all right for 14 days and renting out your house for 14 oh the augusta days. is that the augusta yeah the augusta augusta strategy yeah yeah yeah. Okay. I, yeah i run anyway i'm, I'm the grant card i'm aware uh i don't i'm not i'm not crazy about grant but yeah. i i don't own my own home all right well you can't do it <laughs> <laughs> uh you can only do it in your primary but um yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the other, you know, next next step in evolution as well. Is that is that that fun part of trying to figure out? All right, right now I'm making money. Like, what do I do? How to do this? Right, exactly. keep it so it doesn't just all disappear. Yeah. Uh, what is your superpower? Um, superpower. I don't know. Getting deals, I would say, being able to make deals happen and um, figure out a way in a short amount of time. If mm-hmm. it's whether it's the sellers or JV partners, or it's fun, it's money's not lining up, or documents need to get out. It's just like getting deals closed. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, hopefully forming a good community. So that'd be, that'd be a good superpower to have. Um, just a tight net. We're taking all the JV partners to Mexico, yeah. not a separate trip. Um, but yeah, making a really cool community where everyone's succeeding. That would be, that's a superpower I want, I guess. So working on it. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Nate? Yeah. I would say for me, like, of course, like getting deals as well and the acquisitions and, and, and sales side of it, but really taking um, problems and saying, hey, this is a problem, but it doesn't always need to be a problem. Let's put some policies and this infrastructure mm-hmm. together and some ops together to not go down this road yeah, again and prevent, and prevent this fire from erupting <laughs> again. Yeah. That's the fun part of having a business. Though. Exactly. Yeah. So then uh, on that note, what is your favorite, best or most interesting failure? What is my one more time? Favorite best or most interesting failure? Um, interesting failure. That's a really. I would nice say. Idea. I would say the apartments. I, I would definitely say commercial. I didn't want to yeah. come back to it, but I would say they yeah, keep opening old woods. The, the, the commercial <laughs> venture, and, and again, I'm not. I'm no deterrent for anyone watching this trying to go in commercial. Huh. But yeah. again, it's it's knowing your superpower and knowing um, who you are and what you want. And we were like. Hey, let's just do it all, right? We mm-hmm. we do it all, but you know now we know, and now so a shortage know. of opportunities for us in real estate. Exactly. Yeah, well, I mean the the acquisition process didn't change. Is that what you were saying? Same, yeah. What you were saying earlier? It's I can, it's the same thing. It's the same thing, but it's 
it's not at all. Right. You know? And to be operate, yeah, to be operators like that, we're like, that was a failure. Like, I don't even, the money, the money of it's whatever. I mean, yeah. it's just, if I was managing 108 units right now as a sole operator, like we were, I mean, I, it, we would not have the lifestyle piece, which at, you know, I don't know what the dollar amount is where that's the most important piece, mm-hmm. but like that should be the most important piece, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and I think it's great going back to just what we said a moment ago, like in real estate, there's no shortage way to make money, right? Like that's right. Colin Schwartz last week was talking about multifamily. It's like, Steve, why are you not doing multifamily? Yeah. Right. So like yeah. the right business model will show up once you understand yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And it's different for everybody. Yeah. 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 And uh, that's kind of how the JV party popped up. It was like organically yeah. happened like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Jeremy on YouTube, what's the one thing you learned at a mastermind that's had the biggest impact in changing your business? Let's start with you. Um, it's not one thing. It's just like, it just it like, uh, it awakens your consciousness. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just alerts you that there's more out there than what you're, you know, I don't know if you're just, I, I don't know who you're surrounding yourself with now, but if you get in a mastermind, the, like those people that are negative influence on you will quickly go away. And then you're like, then that's in your feed every day and you're like, holy cow, that person just ran a private plane. Like, holy cow, they just closed on a couple thousand units. Like, and then you just, it just awakens you to be like, mm-hmm. I need to get up and do something. Right. So it isn't like one specific thing. There's that Jim Rohn thing, right? Like you are the five people who's yeah, the sum, mm-hmm. time with. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, for me, it's, you know, I, I remember going to this first mastermind and you, you form these, you form relationships, right? Yeah. You form friends and stuff like that. And then these people are celebrating your wins yeah. with you. And, and that was big to me. I'm like, this guy is really excited that I'm doing this. And this guy's he's, he's way up here. Like, yeah. and then I'm excited and he wins too. Mm-hmm. And then so what happens is you're borrowing each other's beliefs. Yeah. yeah. Like I know that he thinks I can do it. So I, sh- I need to go do it. All right. Yeah. If, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room or the richest guy in the room, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Either or. Yeah. yeah. yeah either or. <laughs> um, is there a book you've given more than any other? Yeah. I just, I had mentioned the go-giver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really, really like that book. I think it really, it's, it's a very easy. impactful book. And it's a, it's well, it makes sense with your nationwide wholesale partnership. That's right. But that's your favorite book. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that fixed me. I like, uh, you know, Bill Perkins die with zero. What was it? Die with zero. Mm-mm. It's like, <clears throat> it's this book. It's actually what made me get the plot. I was going to get the ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, no, nah. it basically says like you can, it's utilization of money, like time utilization of like, if you go, if you go heli- helicopter skiing, uh, when you can really afford it at 50, uh, you get less enjoyment out of it then than if you broke the bank and did it at 26. He's not saying be reckless, but like we like mm-hmm. to fly first class and like, I will forego other things to forego to fly that way. Um, and it's about like, you know, dying with zero or, or focusing on the things you really want. And that was, the, that was Mark DM recommended that. And a lot of people were in there read it. And it's just like, um, yeah, it's just, why are you stealing from your older, why are you stealing from your younger uh, self to give to your older, richer self? You know, yeah. it's basically. The well, it's an interesting concept because this is something that uh, I've talked about this a little bit is that, um, there's a lot of shaming out there Yeah. on like, you shouldn't spend that much on a car or this or that. Yep. But I, you see plenty of people shaming, like you should never spend that much on a car or Starbucks. That's the other one. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah, yeah. Shame people on Starbucks, which is like, whatever. Right. But like, you never shame anyone for like traveling with their family. No. You no. never shame anyone for like having a big house. 
Yeah. Right. Or living in a safe neighborhood or sending their kids to good schools. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, you shouldn't be spending that much money on private schools for your kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. You would never tell that to another person. Yeah. Ever. So yeah, why yeah. would we tell other people like how to spend the money? I don't know. And it's like, that yeah, should motivate so you to work, to make more money to afford the things you want. Right. Right. And that's, I mean, that's, I don't know. It's a great book. Yeah. Don't, I had right. a, a friend, uh, very recently bought like a really, really nice house. He's like, he asked me like, what do you think? Cause he thought I was going to shoot you. I was like, do you love the house? Like, yeah. Well, what else are you going to do with the money? Yeah. And he was really shocked that I pushed him to buy his dream house. Yeah. But this is why we work really hard. Exactly. Exactly. So we can afford the things that we want. Yeah. People always are like, oh, I'll do that one day. I'll do that one day. I'm going to get this and this, you know, they put these markers on when it's okay for them to do mm-hmm. it. But those markers are not destined. You, you can never <laughs> no. make that marker. And then, or not guaranteed. Or not guaranteed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not recommending being out again, not going out here saying being reckless. You yeah. Still leave, you know, still live below your means, but right. do the things you want to do. And uh, be happy. And the last question here is on Instagram. Uh, Kevin Dobner, does it help you to have a great partner to motivate you? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're doing things solo, like, oh, I'm going to make half less money. It's like, no, it, it amplifies it way more. You mm-hmm. know, it, you make twice the money. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, whether you have a significant other or spouse or, or whatever, it's just if you have, you know, they're a soundboard, but if you have someone in the trenches with you, that's like, all right, we're going to do this. Or like, you have a problem, you know, and you have, he has a different way of thinking of things than I do. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's more, uh, I'm more quick to react. He's, he's more like kind of take a step back and realize from the other person's shoes. So, um, yeah, absolutely. It complements your strengths and weaknesses, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And also too, you know, no matter what, there's always going to be times where, the other person is maybe a little bit more fired up than the other person mm-hmm. too. Yeah, it's just nature of business. There's times that he's way more motivated than I am and vice versa. And with that playing field, it levels out where we don't have a dip down in the business gotcha. whatsoever. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, I want you guys to think about what you want to leave the listeners with. I'm going to make a couple quick announcements. Cool. Uh, guys, if you get value today, please like subscribe, share and comment. It truly helps us reach more people. Uh, and then we do have our workshop. It's coming up in a couple of months in February. So if you guys are interested, uh, send me a DM on Instagram uh, workshop and then we'll get you on that wait list. And then next week, we got Jack Harris, Jake Harris coming in and talking about how he's doing 200 million in development right now. Right. And actual was pipeline. Um, it's crazy. We're right? talking about like these other things that make you feel poor, right? Like uh, 200 million uh, in, in his pipeline. Uh, so Tune in next week. We'll be back here in the list of pros for at least one more episode. Uh, so what are some last thoughts you want to leave the listeners with? Yeah, for me, I would just say anybody who's watching this, if you're thinking about getting started and you have been for some while, just take a leap, do it, you know, and, but find a mentor, find someone that is going to make sure that your, your uh, efforts are directed, mm-hmm. but don't wait. Cause it, it's easy to be like, I'll do it next year. I'll do it next year. Just do something because something's better than nothing. Right. But no matter what, if you don't do anything else, get in the right rooms with the right people, yeah. even if it does cost you a little bit, mm-hmm. look at that as an investment versus a cost. Because one thing I know for sure is if I lose this watch or something like that, someone can take this from me. No one can ever take knowledge that I gained from other people from me. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's good. Invest in yourself for sure. And that's, that, that's the best investment you can make. I can't really add too much more. I just want to say thank you too, to inviting us on your show, yeah, man. Like, appreciate it. um, this is awesome. You know, yeah. we, it's cool seeing the area and, uh, it was, you know, we've, we've watched you for a while 
and um, you know, for you to invite us out here and give us this opportunity to promote our business and mm-hmm. and you know, shout us out on Instagram is really sweet. So absolutely, I mean, yeah. I think the 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 key here, right, is sharing what's working. Yeah. Right. And yeah. there's so many different ways <laughs> yeah. to do it in real estate. So I love <laughs> here because this model you're talking about, not a lot of people talk about this particular model. Right. So I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's sweet, man. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Again, just really appreciate it. I don't want to fanboy out too hard, but I mean, we I, like at least three years like yeah. there and then now you're doing it the shorts. That makes it so easy to watch. So yeah. Um, sweet. Cool. Appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. Thank appreciate you. It. Thank you guys for watching. See you guys.